Welcome to the Southwest Virginia Hoops Podcast with your host, Travis Byers, co-host Shane Presley, your production team, Chris Booby Tiller and Haley Byers. So sit back and relax for some of the greatest basketball stories in Southwest Virginia. It's the Southwest Virginia Hoops Podcast coming at you now. Today's podcast is sponsored by Johnson Chevrolet Buick in Clintwood, Virginia. They've been serving the local community in Dickinson County for over 40 years. They're located at 348 McClure Avenue in downtown Clintwood. Um, John Johnson and and all the people that work at um, Johnson Chevrolet Buick have been so great to the local community. Um, I know from personal experience, my dad, Larry Vires, uh, worked there for... um, probably around a decade and they were always great to me. You know, we always buy all of our vehicles um, off of them and still will to this day. Um, they're just very great people and it's very great to shop locally um, whenever you're looking for a vehicle. So next time you need uh, a GM product or any used vehicle of any kind, make sure you give John Johnson and Johnson Chevrolet Buick a call. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Southwest Virginia Hoops podcast. Here we are for episode nine. I have my co-host today. Shane Preston, back again. I think we finally got rid of Booby. I know some people might be happy about that. Yeah. Oh, Booby, <laughs> man. He's, he's a good one. Um, so last week, uh, or two weeks ago, actually, when we released episode eight, it was Coach Matt Snodgrass. Had a lot of great feedback on it. Uh, just really enjoyed uh, having him over. And as Shane said, whenever Snodgrass was here, he gave us some free gear. Yep. Uh, I actually wore my Chill Howie t-shirt uh, yesterday. Dang. I didn't think I would, I would ever uh, put on a Chill Howie t-shirt, but it was a good, nice quality shirt. Yeah, right? It was. Even, uh, and then uh, what was funny was Coach Sell came over to my house the other day, and uh, here in the man cave, uh, Coach Snodgrass gave us a rally towel, didn't you, Shane? <laughs> yeah. And it's right up here in my window, and Coach Self was writing a check for our youth league, and he walks over to write the check, and he literally puts it <laughs> right beside. Right and he's like, "Dude, he's like, what is this?" <laughs> and it was the Chill Howie rally towel, so that was funny. Uh, but anyway, this week, Shane, probably one of the best weeks uh, for Southwest Virginia hoops. The Arby's, yep. you know, comes to town, and uh, plan on going out there. We have three local teams actually participating this year: have Abingdon, Union, and then Twin Springs. Got the call, call in. Did you hear about that? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, so, something with a COVID issue or something. They got a call in. I think they play tomorrow. We'll try to make it out there. Um, but anyway, we have uh, a great guest today. A guest that's really close to me and Shane. Uh, we grew up playing against Chris Fleming our entire lives. You know, whenever I started this podcast, you know, I've said it a million times. I think of the, the love-hate relationship that I had with Hayside growing up and you know, Fleming was kind of our biggest rival growing up and have so many stories uh, to share with you all today. Uh, Chris Fleming, he was the district player of the year, his senior year, along with Josh Smith. And he was also um, district player of the year in football as well. So he was just a just a great athlete in multiple different sports. Uh, do you remember playing him in tennis their senior year, Shane? I, I vaguely remember him being there. I don't think I actually played directly against yeah, him. I think, I think, man, you played doubles. Maybe it was, him. yes. We'll get to that later. But uh, anyway, without uh, any further ado, he's also the uh, coaching at Ridgeview right now on the girls' basketball side, so he has a lot of great 
um, insights into how successful their program is. But let's go ahead and have Chris come on in. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how's it going? How's the how's the ride over today? Good, good. Brings back old memories of driving over here for <laughs> nine years. You know. Yeah. So yeah, you worked at Mid Mountain there for for nine years. Yeah. And we'll get to those stories uh, later on. So are you living, tell everybody where you're living at now. I'm living in Hayside on Big Ridge. Actually, we're uh, currently working on moving in our new house in Clintwood. So that's been a great, I'll say, process during COVID, you can imagine. So <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's been a little bit of a mess, but we're ready to get in there. And you are now not at mid-mountain correct and you're teaching at ridgeview how long have you been teaching there now uh this is my second year teaching at the middle school and you are coaching what now at uh girls basketball varsity assistant and last year you were jv boys there jv boys yeah no so um you are doing very well this year on the girls side oh yeah yeah it's still early in the year but we've had uh had a little bit of success hopefully it'll continue hopefully we'll get better a little bit young overall so Hopefully keep growing. Yeah. So, uh, Flynn, how we kind of do things on the podcast, we just go in chronological order, uh, learn a little bit about your childhood. So something that, you know, is unique about you, uh, for all the listeners out there, you grew up in uh, what they call the Cove. So, so give everybody just a little intake on what the Cove is and and maybe some of your stories growing up. Uh, the Cove, Clinch Cove. Um, there was a... When I was there, there was an elementary school, obviously. Now, I'd say half the kids that are in school now didn't even know that, probably. I don't remember the exact year it shut down, maybe 13, 12, 13, something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, and they tore it down, so there's nothing standing. Um, Braxton probably don't even remember that. Um, but, yeah, we uh, it was great, great place to grow up because it was a town. There was kids everywhere. Everybody knew everybody, so we played something literally every day. You know, yeah. football, basketball, baseball tag whatever road bike something yeah you know. so what's your it's first good. memory of basketball growing up first memory i couldn't tell you or any time uh, like you just we played fell in love with the game yeah well we just played every played on the street every day adults played every day on the street so you got to watch it um and when i was real young my aunt and uncle took me to every hayside game you know they were hayside. well my aunt actually went to Irvington, but my uncle went to hayside so every football and basketball game we went to when I was a child, they they drug me along to all them, you know, which yeah. I wanted to go, loved it, sat and watched every minute of every game. So I want to get uh, into that, so. but before that even, like you talk about in the street, I've yeah. heard, for, you know, through you over the years, there's a famous court uh, outside down in Clinchco. Oh, yeah. Uh, the jungle where everybody – I mean, there was many, many games played, watched, whatever, on, on that court that, that – uh, Three on three, four on four, whatever, yeah. you know. And like some of the greatest talents probably to ever play in Southwest Virginia. That's where they there, probably right? got their start. Yeah. I don't know if it was that exact court going back all the way to 70s, 80s, you know. Uh, uh, Trezell, Duffy, all those guys. Um, Mike, Gully, uh, Tito, uh, George, Terry. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. And they all played. You, you know. used to go down there, and like, or was you old, old enough to like watch them? I watch. Yeah, I was young, young, young. But I watched games for years. Just you know, you could see all that. Um, Talford, Calvin Talford, come over and play with them guys. And yeah. Just, just several, and I'm sure I left some people out there. You know, not on purpose. Just Clinchco was kind of several. That intersection of Irvington, Clintwood, and Hayside, like it's yeah. kind of yeah, in I mean, the center of all three of those places. 
the heart of the county, we yeah. like to call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was great, great, great games, great players. Uh, it was crazy to watch some of the some of the talent. I want to say I said there was not a lot of fouls called. No, <laughs> I think the old saying was "no blood, no foul." Yeah. And that's pretty much how they lived. I want to say Talford broke the goal uh, in our. He dunked on somebody. Can't remember who it was, but he he snapped the rim in the. <laughs> I would say in my front yard, but it's like my front yard. Oh, so your your house is that close to it growing up? Oh, well, not that court. Oh, that was uh, right up the road. Actually, yeah. I can almost see it out of the from the porch. But we had a goal right outside of my front yard. There's a road. It's a it's a regular road. Yeah. Uh, but we played in the in the like road in, right there. The yeah. Street. And they were playing. Yeah. They played in that road too. But uh, anyway, it was nothing on purpose or nothing. But yeah. Yeah. Know, that so, was before. That was when I was real young. So you know, you're the same age as Shane and I. So you were born, you know, 1990. What 1991? 91. Yeah. And uh, when you was going to those Hayside games, you know, me and Shane, we've talked about on the podcast, you know, on so many episodes, the council Hayside rivalry and not just council, just other, other rivals that Hayside had probably Clintwood. And um, you said you were going to those games religiously. Like what, what do you remember about that time period? Like growing up, like just watching some of those Hayside teams, maybe some of the players that you loved and, you know, kind of looked up to. Um, a lot of high scoring, a lot of athleticism. Uh, crowds were crazy then. I mean, I remember um, certain – I don't remember exact games, but certain games they've, sh- they've shut the doors, you know, yeah. quit letting people in. Uh, they had the the big games. Like, Hayside played – and y'all have mentioned this, but Hayside's home gym was Sand Lake. But Sand Lake was small, wouldn't hold the crowd. So, they'd have their, – their home games were at Clinchco. So that, that's big something I games. actually – yeah, okay. So that's something that we haven't saw the Hayside side of this. Yeah. So obviously when me and Shane went to Council Hayside games. always at Clinchco. Always at Clinchco. Yes. But when you, you all played, you know, Garden or Whitewood, were they at Clinchco too because of your uh, um, success? Or do you remember that growing up? I, like you remember going to some home games. I want to say there was some at Samley, yes. But uh, 100% I couldn't tell you. I was probably – Five, six, yeah, seven. Five yeah, yeah. Somewhere in uh, yeah. I know the big games, the Hone Acres, the Councils, were at Clinchco. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to say there was still some held at Sand Lake. Too. I, said, I don't remember ever going in San, into Sand Lake to play, besides our Little League games, for yeah. high school game until we were in school. Yeah. That was the that was the years for Hesa and Council, though. So yeah. That was both of their, you know, the – Late 90s, early 2000s were there. Were there was were there, there a player time. on Hayside that you just – that was your favorite player? <laughs> uh, funny story, when I was a kid, I don't remember how old I was, probably mm, maybe six, seven, eight, something like that. But I'd look forward to all this whole time leading up to um, the Clinchco tournament. Y'all know the, Clint, the Qantas tournament they yeah. used to have. Four teams were in it always, um, which Council was always in it. Hayside was always in it. Irvington was always in it. And then uh, Clintwood was usually yeah. in it, but yeah. I, I want to say a year or two there was maybe Pound was in it instead of somebody, or um, I can't remember exactly. But I'd always want to go see, you know, watch watch warm ups and uh, Heath Sutherland just dunk it. <laughs> however, you know, uh, a lot of them guys could throw it down. You know, I was amazed by people dunking when I was a kid. But I show up, we get to the game, they run out, warm up starts. He comes out in street clothes, you know. Uh, some type of injury, and I was—I can remember just being furious. I was like, "Man, what is? 
what is going on? I've waited this whole time for this, and he was he was hurt. But so uh, what year? Uh, what year approximately did he graduate? Like, I want to say 97, 98, 99, maybe something. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I feel like he was. Not, I should know that. He was but, before grads. Like Peter yes, he was. Um, it was the years. That Hayside was on their state runs. Yeah, was when them guys was in. School. So it was probably like that mid transition of Neil and him's team. Mm-hmm. Neil and him were before Brad and them yeah. were right after. Yeah, and it was right in between that. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that that's how it worked. Yeah, so you know, going going to those games and growing up, like what type of playing was you doing at that age? Uh, like, like we started. And- yeah, third grade. We didn't start before third grade then in anything. May well other than like t-ball, something like baseball. Yeah. You know. Uh, but basketball was third grade, football was third grade, so I don't know when that would have been, 98, 99, maybe 98, 99. So that was the uh, that was the first year. I can't remember if it was at that exact time, shortly after, that we yeah. actually started, you know, Little League. And was but your was, mom and dad, were they, like, influential in you playing sports? Uh, once I decided that that's what I wanted to do, yeah, I had a ball in my hand. All the time. And I get – who knows when that was, three, four, five, something, you know. But once I decided that, yeah, we were always – we done something all the time. Or I did anyway. They would they would always be, you know, working with me or whatever in the evenings, weekends, you know. So, they, yeah, then that's the way – kind of the way Dad done things. If you're going to do it, you're going to do – you know, yeah. you're going to do it and do it do it right. You know, it wasn't – if you're going to play, you're going to play. And who – like in Little League and stuff, so third grade, like, you know, me and Shane, we had – County basketball, yeah. like we was playing all over the county. Did Dickinson County was you doing? Yeah. So like we was, played, we went and played. Well, we came and played y'all. Yeah, so I remember basically playing uh, high school long. We came, we went and played Pound, uh, and then Clintwood and Hayside, obviously. Uh, I want to say Sandlick had like a, a third and fourth grade team and a fourth and fifth grade team. So in third grade, we'd play the third and fourth grade team and the fourth and fifth grade team both. <laughs> you know. Uh, you could compete a little bit with the third and fourth grade team. You get killed by the fourth and fifth grade so you, team. So uh, your Clinchco teams, Clinchco Elementary, would play the Sand Lake teams. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That was, I guess, that was the big little league rivalry was Hayside Clinchco, yeah. you know, or Sand Lake Clinchco. And this is something, Shane. You may know this. I, I actually don't, and I, probably bad that I don't. But were you all the Cardinals? Clinchco Cardinals, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you'd always it's so weird. Like growing up, me and Shane going to those council high school games. Big bird on the side of Clinchco. <laughs> yep. That, that's just so crazy. We had one on the side of our football helmets. Really? Yes. Uh, our our little league football coach literally took the time to hand paint the. It was very similar to the Arizona Cardinals logo on yeah. the side of our helmets when we were kids, like right before the first game or something. It was <laughs> it was neat, man. It was cool. The Clinchco Cardinals. Yeah. It was, yeah, but that you know we talked about going to the games, how packed they were back then at Clinchco. But, I mean, that was sad when they tore Clinchco down for me. Me too. And I couldn't imagine, you know, growing up, going there to school. And <laughs> it's just such a an iconic gym. And um, probably, I mean, if you was ranking a top 25 list of games played in Southwest Virginia, it's going to be on there. Yeah, when I think of big games in Southwest Virginia for me yep. growing up, it was Clinchco and Castlewood. Yep. Yep. That's where they always felt like they were to me. Yeah. And the floor was awful. You know, that rubber <laughs> thing. Old brown rubber floor. Yeah. It was still better than Sandlink. I will say that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's something unique, too, you know, as we get in later in the podcast, you know, you going to Hayside High School. But yeah, since it's on my mind, I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Was it awkward? I always thought Hayside had an awkward setup for their sports. But, for example, like you had to go to Sandlick to basketball. 
Yeah, if you played baseball, you had to go up on to the dam. To the dam. Yeah. And yeah. football, you had to go you had to, to go like you know where where the high school sat on just that little knob. Yeah, it was hard to you didn't have any sport there. Really. Right. I mean, was uh, that difficult and challenging? Like no, I mean you know it's just it all is. you knew. I it's guess. just what we done. You know, yeah. kids. Uh, I tell you the funniest part about that too. In eighth grade, uh, you play JV, obviously. So in eighth grade, we were at Sandlick School. And we had to go to the high school to practice JV basketball at the old high school gym. <laughs> then when the you got to high school, way. you turned around and drove to Sandwich to yeah. practice. Yeah, which it was what three, four minute ride, something yeah. like that. You know, it wasn't nothing. It's we, uh, it's a little different though than what y'all have going now at Ridgeview. Right. When you walk out. No, and, yeah, you got two gyms <laughs> in the in yeah. big space together. Yeah, in the big complex out the doors of the cafeteria windows and stuff. Yeah, we're spoiled up there. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, so. You know, you're playing Little League basketball. Who was your coach in Little League? Like, what do you have, like, one person that you remember that coached you the most that was influential? In basketball, actually, my mother was the coach. Really? Yeah. Yep. Sure was. Um, I think all the way through. I, I, maybe somebody else coached us one year. She didn't coach maybe due to a job or, or yeah. you know, the maybe the stresses of dealing with coaching me. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. But, uh, it had to be unique for sure. Yeah, it was uh, – which my mom played. My mom played at Irvington. Uh, my mother actually played under the same guy who coached me my senior year, Coach Robinette, uh, yeah. for a year at, at Irvington. But yeah, it was. Uh, and and at Clinchco, you know, there wasn't a lot of kids. We may have had, I'd say at best, on our best year, we had eight eight kids on a basketball team. Yeah. You know. And and one so. kid that we we can't leave this segment talk without talking about Chris Booby Tiller, yeah. our uh, co-host yeah. and producer Shane. Yeah. He, you know, grew up with me and Shane at Council, right. and there for a little while he transferred to. He transferred it, to Sandlink. Sand he played Lake. at Sandlink. Okay. He didn't play. Yeah, he, he didn't transferred play. to Sandlink, but his mom lived in Clinchco, right, right down the road from me. Yeah. So you grew up around all Chris the time. Tiller. So <laughs> what, what was that like growing oh, up? Oh, it was good. He was he was like one of us, man. We played ball every day. You know, uh, me and him spent a ton of time together. I mean, you wake up, you start playing. Something you start playing. If it was a big snow, we played tackle football. If it was, but there was like Booby playing tackle football for real. I, he played football when he came to Sandlick. <laughs> he actually played on the team, like yeah. fourth, fifth, yeah. fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Fourth, fifth. I can imagine Booby playing tackle football. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and there was like I said, there was like ten other kids too. There was a bunch of us always down there. So it was, uh, and me and me and him on you know real bad nasty rainy days or whatever, we'd be inside playing the NBA. Uh, Live. NBA Live 04. NBA oh, Live 04. I think Vince Carter. Yeah. 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 So we'd play, we'd build teams and play. And he was a Pistons guy at that time. If y'all remember that, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, he, he, uh, that was yeah. during their run. He'll, he'll go back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Cycles teams. It was always, you know, we was always doing something sports related, though, it seemed like. Yeah. So, wasn't much uh, else. <laughs> at that time, there wasn't much else going on. Yeah. Uh, so you, you go into JV basketball. Um, and you're, like you said, you're at, Clinchco till eighth grade, or was you at seventh? Yeah, seventh grade was last year at Clinchco. Oh, so you went to Hayside High School in eighth grade. Eighth grade, actually, I went to Clintwood first. I went to Clintwood for the first four or five, six weeks of school. Really, I sure did. Yeah, that that I did not know. That I went to either. every every school that I was not actually, I guess, supposed to go to. If you're in Clinchco, you're supposed to go to Irvington. That's your zone, or yeah. just, or you know, your your zoning, whatever. But I went to Clinchco first. My my um, my best friend from elementary school was Derek Robbins. He ended up going to Clintwood in like fifth grade. So I, at, and I didn't know anybody really at Hayside. You know, a lot of the guys I went to school with went to Irvington from Clinchco. Yeah. So um, I ended up going to Clintwood for for 
Four five weeks. Yeah. yeah. And then I left there. As close as I am with you. What? I didn't know uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. What I went over there. you to change your mind or leave there? To go there or leave? Yeah. To leave. It would. I, I was not. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't like school. Didn't like sports. Didn't like. I don't know what it was, man. I, I just, it's something didn't, you know, something didn't click. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I enjoyed the people, you know, enjoyed the guys, enjoyed the people I went to school with and stuff. I just didn't, uh, I couldn't tell you. Just didn't Show feel me right. Close to uh, beating Hesa without having to play. <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> I had no idea. So yeah. you, you go, you transfer back to Hesa then. Sand Lake, eighth grade. Oh, uh, so wait. it's at Sand Lake. The middle eighth grade okay. was at Sand Lake. Uh, eighth <laughs> so grade. Three schools on, in a very short time. Yes, then Clintwood, then yeah. back to Sand Lake. Yeah. So you're playing JV basketball though that, at that time. And I ended the year. I played two football games at Hesa at J- JV for Hesa Sam Lake, I guess, um, or a maybe it was an eighth grade, maybe it was an eighth grade game or two or something like that. And then, yes, then JV basketball. And who was the JV basketball coach at Hesa at that time? Brad Counts was. He still teaches at um, at Ridgeview High yeah. School now, yeah. and he he coached me both both eighth grade years. He was the only guy I ever had. For more than one year in <laughs> in my high school career, JV or varsity. Brad's a great guy. Yes, he yeah. is. Yeah, he's cool. Guy. And uh, a question I I actually don't know the answer to this is, um, um, so when your your first year of JV, Dave Sutherland for the listeners out there was a legendary coach at Haysaw. Coached, um, I guess, Flynn what in the definitely in the 90s I, I don't know how long that he was the head coach there yeah later uh, 90s into the mid to the mid 2000s was he still coaching there when you were on jv he was yeah yeah he was head varsity coach and just talk a little bit about you know what he he meant to the hayside program and you know um for the listeners he he got sick with cancer if I, am i right yeah yeah and just talk a little bit about dave Sutherland there uh that's who that's who everybody you know that's who you grew up watching that's who you want to play for that's he was at that time. He was Hayside basketball. You know, a lot of great, a lot of great coaches over the years. Compton's and, and Dave come in. He coached with them in girls. Then he coached. Then he went to boys. Uh, that's the. Uh, he was. They were they were on their runs. He was the coach. That was you know that's who I grew so up watching. So was he originally from Hayside? Yes, and yeah, he played, played at Hayside. Yeah, uh, he scored. 17, 1800 points, really? whatever, before they, yeah, I think he played at Emory too. Yeah, that's something I, I was yeah. not aware of, kind of his basketball background. Yeah. So, yeah um, he, he played there and he, uh, he was, he was always great to me. You know, he, uh, good family, good, good guy. He was, uh, taken too soon from down there. That's for sure. And what year was it? Like, where was you at whenever he actually passed away? And it was, was it- after my freshman basketball season. I want to say it was, uh, he quit coaching that year. Yeah, he'd already stepped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was he was uh, you know declining, and he uh, I think it was April that year he passed, maybe uh, shortly after shortly after freshman basketball. Yeah. He came to some games that year, and you know, but he uh, his love for the game was definitely visible to everybody. Uh, but he uh, they had his funeral in the high school gym yeah, at Hayside. Yeah, so uh, it's tough. It was tough blow. That's for sure. So you're on JV basketball or playing JV basketball, and uh, one specific memory that Shane and I have with you, it, you know, again we're the same age. We all three of us held back. Yep. So we're second year, eighth grade, and a unique thing actually before that story is Otto Fletcher. Uh, for listeners out there, he was a, a big guy, uh, district player of the year, his senior year, 
but in JV, he was at council. He grew up with us throughout Shane yeah. our whole lives. Yeah. And he wasn't spectacular in JV at this time, but he was still solid. And yeah, but he guy. transferred to Hayside, and he was on your all's team, second yeah. year JV, right? Yeah. And we're playing at Sandlick, and I'll never forget what, what happened. <laughs> Do I got to tell this out yes, loud? You have to tell uh, it out loud. Well, we, we draw up a play. Uh, Coach Brad, he drew up a play. Uh, inbound the ball. I catch the inbound. I'm driving down, you know. Uh, last, I don't know, right at the buzzer, basically. We were up probably one. One tie. Yeah, you were up. Yeah, you we were, were up, up one, maybe two. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, I drive in. No defense. No contest. <laughs> No one steps in front of me. It's like everybody just cleared out, let me shoot a wide-open layup, and I blew it. (laughs) I missed a wide-open layup to win. It was to win the game, so y'all were up one. Yeah, Yeah. I remember I was like at the three-point line, and for some reason, I don't know how you got that wide open. Oh, it was – there was nobody within probably five foot of me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the result. Yeah, karma made up for it later on that we'll talk about you you missing that wide-open bucket. But – yeah, so then, you know, you move on into varsity basketball. Uh, me, me and Shane both were also moved up to varsity as freshmen, and you did too, correct? Yeah. And uh, it was something unique that we'll talk a lot about on this podcast throughout is you played for several different coaches throughout your career. Uh, my second, my eighth, my last five years was eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade. Uh, five coaches. Five. So, yeah, <laughs> five years, five coaches yeah. on those last. So your grad council on JV and then yeah. your first year of varsity. Um, was you also playing varsity football as a freshman? Yes. Yeah. yeah, played football that that fall and then basketball. And you league. had some stability, I guess, with football though. Coach Colley was there yes. every year for football. Kind of like Dave. He's the guy you grew. You know, he grew up watching you. Yeah. And so varsity basketball, your freshman year, who was the head coach that year? Coach Colley. Coach Colley. <laughs> he was the assistant uh, with Dave. Coach Colley's son, uh, well, both his sons, Robbie. Robbie Colley was – that's another guy along with uh, Heath Sutherland. You know, you had Robbie Colley, yeah. you had Jake. Colley. There were several guys. They were great. But uh, Jake had just come through my first year of eighth grade, I think, when he graduated. Then that next year, you know, Dave coached that next year. That was our second, second year of eighth grade. Then uh, Coach Colley was the assistant. And then that's the year Dave stepped down. Coach Colley stepped stepped into that. Yeah. Hey, so coach. you're. Uh, what do you remember your first ever varsity game? Oh yeah, yeah. It was the uh, <laughs> it was the moment I'd looked forward to my whole life because it was the Clinchco tournament, the yeah. Kiwanis tournament. Yes. So not counting a scrimmage, but yeah. it may have been that. I don't even know if we had a scrimmage because football, you know, runs right up to yeah. losing the playoffs. It runs right up to um, basketball. So we played you yeah i mean that was our first we played you game. yeah we played you my first varsity game so all of our first varsity game was at the Qantas tournament you know yeah yeah i, I remember the same thing like shane like we look forward to it our whole lives yeah. and, and for council it was cool because we had those same old uniforms that they'd won the state title in so oh, wow. our, i guess our first varsity year all three of us was like 2006 06, 07. 06, that would have been in 06 yeah yeah December. um and just wearing those uniforms, you all—I don't remember your all's uniforms. We had them old red, red ones, ones that they wore yeah. for years. Yeah, yeah. Back, uh, back then, in, uh, you didn't get jerseys every year. No, <laughs> no. In the BDD back then, I mean, you wore them until they dry rotted. Yes, pretty much. Our and they were. were. Yes, our waist brands and our shorts were pretty much gone. Yeah, you had to. We had to take tape and really and tape our, our waistbands <laughs> up. But yeah, I remember that first game, uh, us playing you all. I remember uh, Chad Barton. 
So uh, for the listeners out there, he's the dirtiest player in the game, <laughs> in the history of the game. No, I, he's one of our buddies, but I remember him guarding me, and I hit a, my first shot in my varsity career. I hit a three right on him, and it felt so awesome. And then he locked me down pretty much the rest of the game, I think. Tremendous but, defense. Uh, what, like, do you remember anything specific about that game, like as far as you playing? Not really. I don't remember anything. Uh, who won? Did we win that one? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Okay, so we won that one. That was on a Friday night, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Saturday night, we lost on a game winner. <laughs> so, to Clintwood. To Clintwood yep. I think that was that year. Yeah. Yeah, we lost on a, we lost on a buzzer beater I, around I, the foul line, a turnaround I, jumper. only thing I remember, my first varsity points, literally, I, I, I didn't start. So, I came in, and it was in between like a timeout or something weird. And y'all were playing man. And I guess I came in the game, nobody even knew I was there. And I'm standing on the block. And I'm like, you know, it's one of those where I'm nervous. I'm like, somebody I'm like, come guard me. So I'm not having to shoot this wide open layout. And of course, I passed it. I literally scored my first varsity points like a second into my career. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I totaled three points for the whole tournament. So, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Something like that. It wouldn't, it wasn't very good. Yeah. But uh, so your freshman like year, you, you know, you played with Chad Barton. Yeah. You had Jelaine. Jelaine Mock, another guy that grew up there, right? You know, we played. I'm going to say a million games of one-on-one, two-on-two, or three-on-three right there in the, in the street. And this is Coach Colley's first year as varsity head coach, too. Yeah, right? yep. Yeah, and uh, what, you, you know, do you have any stories playing for Coach Colley? Like, oh, it was uh, – That year? Anybody that knows Coach Colley, he is a high-energy – but he's a positive – I mean, yeah. people think, you know, he, he negative or this or that. No, he's an extremely positive dude. So, it was always uh, – you know, he's a high-intensity, work hard – stay on your butt kind of guy, you know, no matter what he's doing. Uh, but, man, it was, uh, you know, you'd throw it, make a big play or something, he'd be like, touchdown, touchdown, you know. <laughs> so did, he <laughs> was always, you know, just – back to football. Yeah, just joking around. He, we had a lot of uh, – we had, well, not a lot, but we had some plays in basketball he'd come up with, you know, right off the top of his head, and it'd be a football play name, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it was – you know, it was easy to remember because all of us pretty much – Everybody played football, moved right in and played basketball. So yeah. yeah, it was it was easy to it was easy to relate to. But that that was a rough year, man. It was it was not what, you know, not a normal Hayside year, which it was we was just trying to make it through with, with all the change. Yeah. We won like uh I wanna say we won like five games. We won the first game of the year and I think we won five total. So yeah, that's like it was unique because both of us, uh, us and you all, were like lost a lot that previous year. Yes, and yes. It was all just basically new, new people coming in. It wasn't, you know, we were both bad that year. I mean, yeah, it was, it was not the traditional Council Hayside dominance during that. Time. Not even. <laughs> it was kind of like one of the moments where at the end of the year you're like, man, I, you know, you grew up watching twenty win seasons, yeah, and you like you, let the thing you win five games, game. you're like, uh, either I need to. Quit or go work harder. I don't know what I don't know what's the correct option right now. But it, it was this. This is hard to say, but it's just true. I remember Lloyd uh, after that first time we played y'all that year. He he, you know, was honest with me. He's like Travis. He's like that was the the worst Council Hayside game. He's like I saw him. <laughs> yep, you can always count on Lloyd just yeah. telling you what was on yeah. his mind. I mean, that was true. I mean, we were we were both in extreme rebuilding modes. I think we won seven seven games maybe that year. Lloyd's another guy that. Uh, if you're in Southwest Virginia hoops, you need to be, you know, you know that name. Yeah, you know, he's he's one of those dudes. Yeah, so always loved him. Your freshman year, like you said, it was a struggle, and you know, I, was Coach Colley like he 
he didn't, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. He it wasn't like he was dying to be the varsity head coach that year, was it? it was, uh, no, and I'm sure you know. I, I would say, I mean, you know how it is coaching. It's a it's right. a grind. So yeah. you got that uh, him especially you got that whole football season yeah. that is just you know 15 weeks or whatever and longer counting you know seven on seven yeah. summer camps whatever else and then you move right into basketball football. yeah oh yeah then and it's a you know and there's football is you know there's some pressure with that program obviously yeah. you're you, you're expected to do well then you come right into basketball season so i can imagine it was you know it's a tough time <laughs> So is that something that Coach Colley decided to step down after that year? Yeah, I don't know all, all the details, but, yeah, I'm sure it had a lot to do yeah, with – I can imagine. Point. Yeah, I can imagine it had a ton to do with that. You know. And then going into That's your sophomore lot. year, who, was, who stepped in? Larry Compton was our principal and stepped in as head coach, which he had coached, you know, forever. Yeah. Uh, so he stepped in and coached that year. Larry, for for all the listeners out there, is absolute legend. Oh yeah, another coach that had some phenomenal athlete kids as well. Yes, yes, Whitney, uh, or uh, Whitney is bronze. Brett, Brett, and Jason. Jason, Yeah, I don't don't know how I did that, but Jason and Brett were. uh, Brett played on that um, later '90s team that was just you know, and then early '90s teams were also tremendous. And Larry coached all those, so. yeah, it was. So it was Larry crazy. also has a brother, Ron. Um, yes, that's it. <laughs> were they both on the staff that year? Yes, or? Larry was yeah. head coach. Ron was assistant coach. So that was, uh, <laughs> man, that's like bringing it wet, you know, back in the, you know, you grow up watching Dave, obviously, but Larry, uh, Larry and Ron had coached girls. David coached with them, you know, mixed uh, here and there. But then you have both of them in the same season. I, I'd hate to even try to add up the amount of years of experience that yes. was, you know. Uh, so it was it was interesting. They've probably been coaching since what? I mean, the, definitely the '80s. So. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the year they started, but I mean, it was there was. Gosh, that would have been in two thousand seven and eight. So yeah, so I know they were like playing for Larry in that year. Like, oh, it was a blast. He was. Any, he was any another stories guy. that you have from, from oh, for Larry. Man. Well, the <laughs> the most memorable, not just one, but a couple times. You'd come out, let's say, on a Tuesday night. We played a lot of Tuesday games. Um, you'd come out on Tuesday night, didn't show up, you know, high school kids, wasn't focused, whatever, didn't play hard, whatever it was. You know, he'd walk in the locker room. He'd kind of kick some stuff around, you know, that typical Larry uh, mood, and he'd just be like, well, I'll see you fellas at 6 o'clock tomorrow, you know. <laughs> so we'd be in there before school, 6 o'clock practice, you know, and he'd, He's, I done been up, fed the chickens, whatever else, you know. I, I, I'm up this time every morning. No big deal for me. You know, all of us teenagers, were dragging in there. But we knew better than to be late. Uh, he's another guy just, you know, he, he, you do it, you do it right, and he'd stay on you. He was, he was a high-intense guy, too. So, see, you know, I know Larry from talking to him, but obviously I never played for him. But he's, like, kind of got a little bit of an intimidating, more so than Ron, I think, more of an intimidating, like, Vibe to him, yeah. For uh, for outsiders, you think? Yeah, like what he. Uh, like yeah, that. I could probably see that. Yeah, he wasn't like that, you know, playing for him really. Or... No, but he. I mean, you knew if you messed up, you knew about it. Yeah. So I mean, I guess he was. I guess we all knew him as principal too, though. So he was as principal. He was laid back unless you really messed up or done. Yeah. You know, he was. He would just tell you right from wrong, and that's yeah. kind of he was old school in that sense. You know, and. You know, something that I want to talk about with you is your football career. You know, Hayside, dominant football program. 
overall, you know, in Southwest Virginia history, like your sophomore freshman year, were you all having a lot of success team wise at that point? Wow, yeah. Um, my freshman year, we were nine and zero going into going to Lehigh. Okay, uh, we're nine and zero going to Lehigh, and you start to see, and you and you see it all the time, but you start to see the tides kind of turning, uh, kind of bored, kind of this, kind of that, and focus ain't quite there, and. Um, we fumbled six times and lost to a team. Nothing against Lehigh. They were really good. But that year we should have beat them. You yeah. know, we fumbled six times, lost to a team we shouldn't have lost to. Uh, and they were good enough, you know, to capitalize on that. But uh, then the next game, first week of the playoff, we lose to Clintwood, who was just getting started on their state run. They had, from that point on, they had a great run. And uh, another team we shouldn't have lost to. They beat us by one point. We we uh, I don't remember exactly how it played out. That's said those council or uh, we got those Clintwood uh, Hayside football games. They were all were they were yeah. Well, see, and I never. That's the thing I never like. I had buddies at Clintwood. I had, but that's the thing I never. It was always Honecker for us because if you beat if you don't beat Honecker, you don't go to the playoffs. Yeah, you know you got to win the or, or you got to win the conference or the district at the time is what we yeah. called it. Now it's all conference, but. Um, but we beat Clinton in the regular season, beat Honecker, obviously. That was on the old Honecker dirt field. A lot of people probably don't remember that <laughs> now that they got the nice turf. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then we lose next – we're 9-0 and and then lose the last two games of the season. We lose the final regular season, lose the first round of the playoffs by one point, and uh, that was it, you know. So That was your was freshman year. That was my sophomore. freshman year. My sophomore year we missed the playoffs because of what I talked about. We lost by one point to Honecker at Sandlick. Got an extra point blocked, actually. Or, no, we got a field goal blocked. We were down one and was just going to kick field goal. We got to, like, the 10, set up for a field goal. They blocked it. So. And at what point were you – because you, we you didn't make a very successful high school quarterback. At what point were you starting quarterback in football? Sophomore, yeah. So, you were starting your sophomore year. Yeah, my freshman year we had Lance Compton. He had started a couple years there and, and had day one region in, um, in 05, his junior year. So. Yeah. And then he come back that year. We were my freshman year. We were nine and zero. So they done, they had a great they had a great run. And then he graduated, and then I took over my sophomore year. And then sophomore year of basketball, as we go back to it, you're playing for uh, Coach Larry Compton. What was kind of the you all were down again that year, right? If I we made a region that year. Oh, you did. Yes, we lost to St. Paul at Clinchco in the regional regional tournament. We were. I don't know, maybe around 500. I don't think we were 500. We weren't great, but we made we made, that may be the year that they split the. That's when it expanded. I know. Yeah, something crazy happened that I year. Maybe one A and two A. Or the Hayside beat us, I think, to knock us out. That's what it was at Clinch. At Clinch. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then we lost to maybe Twin Valley in the district tournament. Then we went on to play. Patrick Dameron was coach at St. Paul at the time, actually. Yeah. And they beat us in the. First round of region, I guess it was. I just remember, Shane, do you remember uh, us playing Haysire sophomore year at Sandley? <laughs> you actually reminded me of it the other day. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. You know, yes. you know, yes. hit this, yeah, this, this is cow. another one of those stories that involves me fouling out. Yeah. That lead to something we had, crazy happening. Yeah. We had a couple guys foul out, too. You know, Neil Rasick is our head coach, and uh, we had uh, only a council person would know this name, Shannon Breeding. I remember. Um, Shannon, man, he <laughs> – we called him the Shan Man. He was a wild, wild guy. Just, still is. Yeah, he's still wild. I mean, he comes in, he's going to foul. He's going to just hustle. 
And he, he comes in at the end of the game. And I don't remember. It was overtime. Was. Overtime. Yes, yeah. I think it was overtime. And we were we were up by, I don't know, one or two mm-hmm. with 10, 15 seconds to go. Neil calls timeout. And he's like, guys, we're not shooting anything here. Lay up. Wide open lay up. Yeah. We're free to. And Hazel's pressing. So, yeah. Shannon yeah. is pinned to this. Neil's like, go to this corner. Yeah. Pretty much far, there. far yeah. right yeah. corner. Yes. We, we need him away from the ball. Short so corner. Crazy. At Sand Lake. Yep. And, you know, at Sand Lake, and we'll talk about it more as we get into your older years, but the games, they were packed at Sand Lake. Oh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. Like I said, you all were 500 that year, and, and we were still pretty bad that year. Um, I don't even know if we were 500. But anyway <laughs> – I remember I had the ball and I'm dribbling up. You all didn't foul. I think you may have been trying to foul me. Like we were up one or two and I passed it to the deep corner to Shannon. And as soon as he caught it, man, I knew. I was like, that thing is going up. So there's probably what, nine seconds left or something. And he pulls a three up one or two yes. and just drills it. Nothing but that. <laughs> Neil Nothing is screaming but like, no. <laughs> and then he hits it and Neil's like, yes. It's one of those no yes top shots. But Did he have like nine points in overtime or something? I, I I think yes. Yeah, I think good, he yes. had nine points in overtime alone. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, no, that that is something. I it was it was like offensive rebound, put back, yeah, yeah. breakaway layup, hit the three, then hit yeah. two free throws. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy yeah. So it was a hit yeah. check. It wasn't. It happened fast. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so I think he just hit two layups and then pulled that yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like he was just straight cold off the bench. Yeah. But, yeah, it was still a shot he should have took, but he, he stroked it. Yes. We won that game. Yep. Yeah, that was wild. I couldn't tell you what happened at council that year. No, I, I, I think we won. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, at that point, had you developed any other, you know, the council high school rivalry was there. Uh, as we were growing up, Twin Valley and Honeacre were kind of the class of the BDD. Um, you yeah. know, or, or did you all play any tough, you know, games against Twin Valley and Honecker during those times? Uh, at Sand Lake, at Sand Lake, my sophomore year, we were in a battle. We either lost to them in, and they were good. Twin they Valley, were, yes, yeah. they were good that year. We, uh, and we were not very good. I think at Twin Valley, they beat us by 31, roughly 30, yeah. 30, 29, 31, something. But at Sand Lake, we either lost to them by four or something in the last few seconds. Uh, or they beat us in overtime, something like that. You know, that's just the, I guess, the difference between home floors. Twin Valley was a tough place. And that to play, was the but... during their their run. You know, yeah, the they they met since that final four. Yeah, a couple years in a row with that group. With they Kerry played Moore. in the Arby's that next year, I think. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Got a win in the Arby's. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always that was always a big rival for us. But they always drilled us, especially during those first couple of years. <laughs> us too. Um, so you know. Your sophomore year ends, you said you lost to, to St. Paul and Regionals. Yeah. And, again, another very unique thing about you, you have another head coaching change, right? Going into junior year, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually wrong something this time. I, I want to say maybe they made the uh, maybe they made the rule that year that principals couldn't be the coach yeah, or something. Like, I may be wrong, but I think it was something like that. So then Ron steps in so then Ron's the coach, head yep. coach. And is Larry your assistant that year? I don't think so. I don't think they could coach at all. If yeah, I'm not mistaken, I don't think so. Yeah, which I'm sure he still, you know, they still, I'm sure them two talked around. about it a lot, you know, and, and whatever. But it was, uh, yeah, it was Ron. And I can't even remember who the assistants were exactly. I mean, uh, Brad was, Brad Council was still there, but uh, it changed so much, man. I couldn't keep, I can't keep up with it, honestly. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was Ron. Yeah, that had to be tough, you know, going because even you know Ron and Larry, they're brothers and have similar philosophies, but they're still going to have different things. Yes. And so your your third year varsity, and then your your third head coach, and your junior year, you know, that was actually our best year. Uh, We actually talked about Otto Fletcher earlier on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. But uh, he had transferred back to council at, at this point, and he was a senior our junior year. Six foot eight, what? How how big? Three, three fifty. <laughs> three fifty on a good day. Yeah, three fifty, and you know it, that was the year he finally came into his own. Uh, so I remember playing you all to be that size too. He had touch. Yeah, yeah, he, I mean, very good player. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll always one hundred percent say say if Otto could have controlled himself throughout his career, I mean, he would have been one of the most dominant players ever. Yeah, in yeah. this area, yeah, he yep. could play. Yeah, I mean, he just had extreme skill and. Um, yeah. You know, he, he played he football, did. actually, at Hayside. He did. That was his freshman – maybe his freshman year. Yeah. And, I, yeah. you know, I know you know way more about the football aspect of it, but I always thought if if Toe would have played football the whole time and really worked at it, I mean, he could have went D1 probably, size. right? Yeah, yeah, just the size yeah. and his yeah. coordination yeah. and everything. Left tackle would have yeah. been yeah. perfect yeah. for him, which I think he scored, what, 900 points? In two years. In two years. Yeah. In high school, oh, yeah. 950 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and but our couldn't guard year, him. I mean, no, yeah, I was trying to guard him. At <laughs> yeah, you know, I wasn't going Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our junior year, um, we'll post this picture out on social media. But it was uh, in the Clinchco tournament, playing you all again. Again, you know, our rivalry was very deep. <laughs> yeah. The Council Hayside games, and uh, we have a picture of you blocking me. Like you're at you're at the peak of your jump and blocking me. And I'm pretty sure it comes back down, hits me in the head. Hits the bottom yeah. of the backboard, come off Travis's face and goes out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. Picture Travis looks like he's getting like tackled by a ghost. He's yeah. laying flat out sideways. I'm like two inches off the ground. Yeah. My, my extreme leaping ability. But we did win that game. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. yeah, we did win that game. But that was another year we won five games. You won five won, I'm pretty sure that year in my freshman year we both won five games. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, that was our, our best year. I remember uh, at council, we had you all down really bad. You remember that game? Mm-hmm. I, I, I forgot what it was, but it was probably the worst that we'd ever beat you all, I would say. Really? Yeah, and something that I also want to talk about, you know, with me you and Shane growing up, like we were all friends. Oh, yeah. You know, growing yeah. up, but it was so different because we didn't have social media no. like kids do now. No. So, like, me and you, we wouldn't be texting each other all the time. No. Or, I don't even think – I don't even know if I had a cell phone at that time. Yeah, I don't – I probably Maybe, had a flip Probably phone. a track phone yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nokia yes. or something, but we weren't – so we weren't seeing each other all the time or – you know what I mean? Like, yes. It was, it was so different, but it was still just a friendship that we had and the closest that we had. Because we still, I mean – we always played like old timers. Like we would always yeah, go to Hayside. Exactly. Yeah. They were always coming to council. Yeah. So we still played together, you know, pretty much all the time. Yeah. We would go down and play old timers at Hayside High School and you'd come up to council and play. Yeah. I still remember uh, it was that junior year. Uh, it was one of the first plays of the game. I don't know if you remember it, but you come in or like down to the lane and I just elbowed you as hard as I could in the chest. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do not remember that. I Where was know. it at? It was at council. I, I don't know oh, why okay. I did it. I was just a dirty play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a friend, yeah. 
I was Did they call foul? I uh, no, I don't. Think I had no so. surprise. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I used to always, you know, we played that patented two three zone. Yeah, and you hated the two three zone. Playing, I hated playing a two three zone. I hated playing against a two three zone. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember you'd catch it at the high post all the time, and I would instead of slapping you on your shot, I'd take my fist because it don't make a noise. And when you'd go up, I would take my fist and just hit yep. your elbow. Pull the DJ Barton on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you would get so pissed during those games. And it was never a foul because you couldn't hear it. Yeah, you, know? you couldn't hear it. It was just, yep. I would just barely, barely touch it or whatever. Uh, but so your junior year, you know, struggle again. Oh, you, yeah. you won five games. Yeah. And again, you had, was it another coaching change after your junior year? Yes, yeah, Dave Robinette came in my senior year. That was finally he was there for yeah. how long? How long? He was there for several years. Wasn't Till, he? To, well, he actually coached at Ridgeview the first few years. I think so okay, he come yeah, all the way so through. He was at Irvington forever, and he actually lived in Clinchco. Robinette did. Yeah. So, uh, and we're still great friends to this day. You know, every day he still teaches up there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the Coach Atkins podcast. Uh, he talked about Robinette was a very tough player at Irvington. Yes. He's back another guy like Dave Sutherland had 17, 18, 1800 maybe before three-point line. Most of his yeah. points was back there. He can still right now, you know, shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> his son's actually a junior at Ridgeview right now. He's yeah. having a good year too. Yeah. So. He, he coached – am I correct in that he coached Duffy Gilmore too at Irvington? Correct, yeah. I think he did, yeah. Yeah, and they had good years. Like I said, he coached my mom. I think really? – I want to say – yeah, I want to say it may have been that year – he coached girls basketball in the fall, boys basketball in the winter. Really? Yes, boys. So like a, a, uh, boys a, a common thing we've heard from a lot of people is that yeah. happened a lot back then. That, yeah. that would be a grind. Yes, yes. yes. It, and that was maybe – I don't know if that was his first year as head coach or not, but it was right there when he first started. So, yeah, it was – I want to say it was his first year. Maybe – I don't know. Somewhere around in there, first three years. So, so your senior year with Robinette – you really all you took a turn for the better. You had a lot of success that year, and I think one big part of that was Byron Bowman. Byron, for the listeners out there, was he didn't really he didn't play a ton in his first few years, right, of, of varsity, right. and yep. then you know us between us playing pickup all the time at Council High Side, he really just put in a lot of work, right, and then all the you time. Know, talk a little bit about your relationship with Byron and you know how he came along. We. Each year we had guys that could defend, guys that could rebound, guys that could, you know, tough, hard-nosed, good defenders. Uh, but we just needed, you know, we needed to score. Needed to score. Needed to shoot. Needed to score. You know, your offense was you, and you didn't have a lot of help. We we needed some, you know, we had all we had a lot of pieces, and he he filled that that scoring role. He uh, there were several games he had in the twenties, you know, yeah, uh, probably average mid-teens or something. I'm not I'm not sure, but yeah, he worked. And, and it would have been very easy, like, especially nowadays I see it a lot. Um, you know, he didn't get to play a lot. He was smaller. He was still growing. He was – he worked relentlessly, yeah. day in, day out, morning, evening. Uh, we all played a lot with him. He, he you know, uh, he's you go by his driveway, he's outside working in the gravels on his goal. Yeah. Uh, just a good, good story, uh, prime example of what work does. Yeah. And he grew, got stronger, worked out. I mean – Played every day, loved the game, and man, he grew. He he got into it. And he was one year behind you, right? Yeah, he was a junior when we were seniors. And yeah. He he became a uh, he became a shooter, scorer. Yeah, all the above. Played good year, defense. Like him just coming out of nowhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Our sophomore, our junior year, you you didn't know Byron Bowman at all. Yeah, and then our senior year, they're like, 
we're like, wow, this kid from Hastings. Yeah, is this the guy I know? Where did he transfer from? Yeah. yeah, he always he always had that he always had that skill set. He could always shoot the ball, but that year was really his his breakout year that he just and me and him would play together. Uh, you know, we always played. You know, when you couldn't find anybody else that wanted to play ball, you could call him and he'd be like, yeah, we're at. <clears throat> And something unique that we also share is uh, during your senior year, you know, I don't know how, how many times did we play Hayside in our career? Probably 20 times in four oh, years. Right? It's like we average, yeah, close to 15 20. at least. Yeah, four or five times uh, every year. Yeah. And you, we were playing you all in the Clintwood tournament after Christmas, and you scored your thousand that game. Um, you know, what was that kind of like? And what did it mean anything more to you that you was playing us, playing council, your rival? Uh, uh, not not really, I guess, at the time. I didn't think much, you know, because it was just – because as soon as it happened, it was like, all right, well, yeah, it, it's got to – got to win, you know. Uh, but with Tiller, you know, with Chris Tiller, as y'all talked earlier, he was there. Uh, may, have been, may have been guarding me on that one or something. And then it was just a lot of stuff at once. Like you said, we played a million times, and then that happened in that game. So that was pretty – that was pretty neat. Yeah, but, something that, you know, I, I've always admired you. You know, you've been a friend with me. Uh, for so long, but I've admired just you have such a mindset like like Neil. It reminds me of you're not about individual accolades or like you could have probably cared less to to be honest about scoring that thousand, like you said. And yeah, you know, you could tell that for you from an early age. You know, you just didn't really it was, put it was, that much into it, like like some people do. It's all about winning. Yeah, <laughs> it's all at the end of the day. That's all that really. No, yeah. and it's still that way. You know, and. Uh, we talked about Twin Valley earlier. You know, you all had a lot of battles with them. And your senior year, our senior year, all of us in the BDD, Twin Valley, Hurley, Honeaker, Hayside, uh, we were all very competitive that year. I mean, there was multiple. Every single game was yeah, top. Yeah. Had good, good coaches, good kids, Yeah, good from players, first to just... fifth place, it was just an absolute battle. We yeah. went, my senior we went two and six in the district, and we lost three or four games by one or two. Like it was, we were yeah, we were seven points, or, seven yeah. points from being first place in the district. Holy, you God. know that that's how close the district was. But you all were having a battle. I remember this, and I want you to tell the listeners out there <laughs> a battle at Twin Valley. Uh, oh, talk yeah. a little bit about that. <laughs> it was chaos. Uh, right? Wow. Yes, that was a crazy. You know, Twin Valley is a tough place to play too. Yeah. Everybody talks about Sand Lake, but Twin Valley at Twin Valley, it don't matter what year it is, they are going to be ready. Yeah, and uh, and they got us. They, we beat them pretty good at Sand Lake before that. We played them uh, early in the year at Sand Lake, beat them pretty good, and went over there and they uh, they beat us. But man, it was shoot three or four intentional fouls called on us, and uh, not much. I mean, it was uh, we had fans getting kicked out. We had uh, refs flipping off our fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Unlike anything I've probably ever been a part of, coaching or playing, it was wild. Yeah. So, uh, so the red who was ejecting, like, because I remember, like, there was Hayside fans just getting ejected by yeah. the refs, or was it cops involved? Refs, refs, yeah. refs, yeah, refs, them. tossing them, yeah. Uh, my dad was one of them. Matter, <laughs> matter of fact, so, uh, and that's not really his style. He don't. He's uh He's not really a a. Uh, Fan. Well, he he is he's he's into it. He's he's still into it, you know. But he's not a blame blame an official, blame yeah. a whatever kind of guy. But uh, there was certain fans that night that got that got a little more into that game because of the way things were going. 
that normally don't, you know, didn't say a whole lot, but it was like, man, what is going on? That was one of them games you can just remember feeling like, you know, we didn't get it done. Don't take nothing away from Twin Valley. They played the best, you know, the best game they'd maybe played all year. They had a they had a guy step up, hit like five threes. Uh, they so they did what they had to do to win the game. And, don't and, take nothing away like, from them. Shane and me during this podcast, it's a recurring theme, and it and I'm not saying anything bad. It's just how Twin Valley plays. Hurley. Yeah, it's a Twin Valley. It's like, yeah, Hurley. Mark Cooper talked Man. about it. When you go to Twin Valley or you go to Hurley, it don't yep. matter. And that that year, Twin Valley was down from what they had been. Right. Um, but you know, when you go there, it is going to be a physical yep. style of play, and, that's and the way bad Brian things coach. happen a lot of times <laughs> yep. in those situations. And you know, one of our that, others, was, that was when they started coming up too. That was yeah, when Cooper's yep. were sophomores, Wayne and all them guys. Yeah, I remember uh, having physical there. games that early. That yeah. Year too. Oh yeah. Um, but a player at Twin Valley that we uh, we can't leave here without talking about. You know, you've told me before that Josh Smith was probably the toughest player that you played against. I talked a little bit about just the battles you had with him over the years. Uh, yeah. He – you knew you was going to be sore the next morning. It was uh, whatever – he was a uh, – not whatever it took to win. He was that. Yeah. But every play, it was whatever it took to get a rebound, whatever it took to get through a screen. I mean, it was yeah. constant. You knew if you took a break for two seconds, he was getting a putback or he was, yeah. you know, something. It was always he was the same. I mean, he always was the yes. same. Every single game, every game position, he was in the school. Same guy. He's the same in old men's yeah. tournaments. <laughs> he's just that. He just had a motor man that didn't quit, and yeah. he's strong, big strong guy. He yeah. played hard and went on to play at King. Yep. And uh, you know, Coach Vermillion even mentioned him in the in his episode. I don't know how he worded it. Uh, I don't know if you remember Shane, but he worded it in a way of uh, talking about Mac McClung's just hunger to just score smith had that for rebounding and playing physical yeah. and just the game i mean yeah if you added yeah. six inches on smith i mean he would have been unstoppable oh, yeah. you oh. couldn't have stopped him yeah we can all thank the good lord yeah, that yeah. that wasn't <laughs> the case because <laughs> it was it would have been like you say it would have been unbelievable yeah we uh after after we got out of school we started playing in those old men's tournaments uh, i don't know if it was neil or p wade or whoever they was like, we, we have to get Josh Smith. Yeah. And he became a part of All Night Long. And, uh, man, it was fun playing. Being on his team for once. Yes. Playing against him all those years. Um, and you also uh, have a very, very hurtful part of my basketball career, minus Shane's. Yep. <laughs> uh, I had it on. I have the film uh, here at home. And I showed my seven-year-old Peyton on film earlier before Fleming came over. I wanted to brace myself uh, to get ready to talk about it. Um, I'm going to share it on social media, but you hit a game winner against us at council at the buzzer. Um, what do you remember about that, that night and how that unfolded? Well, as we've seen earlier, the last minute of that game was complete chaos. It was hectic. A lot of stuff happened. No timeouts. Like, no, evidently was, not. No, I guess no. It was it was one minute. I don't even know if either team had time. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I have know no idea. About, you know. uh, but Dakota drove baseline, pulled up, kicked it all the way back out to the top of the key, and it you know was that. I think that was the game when uh, what's his name, Nick Stanley, the little guard, Nick Jeremy. No, Jeremy. Jeremy. Got yeah, yeah. He got, he got him yeah. And we talked got about that. Each other. Yeah, uh, it was Jeff. Yeah, Jeff just, ripped through yeah. and an elbow hit. Yeah, and Jeremy. Jeremy's another guy that I mean, just defense. Oh, dude, right. defense was yeah. that's what I was talking about earlier. When we had guys that play defense, yeah. rebound. What he was one of those dudes that would guard 
anybody. Like he yeah. would guard Josh Smith. You know, yeah. that was our guy that, and he was what five ten, yeah. yeah. one hundred fifty pounds. I remember him playing in that game yeah. with that. He was his whole head was taped. He up. had to change jerseys. He had yeah. blood all over his uniform, so he had to change jerseys. Had a had a wrap on his head because his eyebrows yeah. cut wide open. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, that. It's just yeah that that film is still tough. It's that council and yeah, I or Jeff closed out on you. You're probably college three at least maybe close to nba three. yeah and, I don't and jeff closes out and I, I close out on you too um and, and you just hit that and of course y'all go crazy and the yeah. bench clears and you know uh in our remember, games by our senior year it wasn't the oh one type of crowds but it was still good crowds for a council hayside game and yes um, it, it was crazy what was you gonna say uh vividly Plain as day, the one thing I can remember about that shot going in, and this is crazy right now, I sitting here. I don't know if you'll believe it. You may remember it. The shot goes in. You were standing in front of me, I think. Like you said, yeah. he was coming up or whatever. You turn around, you're like, you son of a gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Plain as day, that. I remember that. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even that. think I responded because I was like, that, that just went in. Holy yeah. cow. It's, I probably used a few more choice words, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was the, yeah. the 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 cap on a brutal week for us. I remember yep. Honeaker. We lost the yep. first game. We played three district games that week. We lost the Honeaker. I was at that because game. Isaac didn't. They said Isaac stepped back court. He didn't step yep. back court. We went to overtime loss. Yep. We played Twin Valley that maybe the middle of the week, and we were up and inbound on the ball to just you know to get fouled. And I remember Chris Hughes banks. Was it Matt Boyd or Chris? Matt Boyd or Booby won. We were inbound of the ball. We turned the ball over on the inbounds. We yeah. lost that game. Then the Fleming game just yeah, all three completely <laughs> put it in our heart that year. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, we were seven points away from That's uh, crazy to think it was that close. Um, and then, you know, like I said, that was that was just tough. It's still tough for me. You know, Neil talks about watching those uh, Stacey Irvin shots going yeah. against him. And, um, wow. you know, it still hurts me to this day to watch that film. Uh but then we actually played you all at Sandlick. And one thing that you'll never hear on this podcast, hardly us talk about, is <laughs> council pressing. Um, you know, we always sit back in a 2-3 zone. Or usually when we played Hayside, we were playing diamond one on you, just denying you the ball. And we did do that, I think, that night too. But Jay Rat comes out. Jarrett's our head coach at that time, Jeremy Ratliff. And he says, we're going to press. Because we we'd lost those three tough games, and I, it may have been the next week we were going yeah. down to Sand League, and he's like, "We're going to press them," and we were like, "What? <laughs> we don't we don't press." And uh, we worked on it for a couple of days. It wasn't anything elaborate, but we go down to Sand League, and you know, again, thing that we do on this or talk about on this podcast is just environments of gyms. And we share. I showed you that film early before we started, and your son's here with us, Braxton, and he watched. Uh, that film, he's like, wow, he's like, Sandlick was packed. I mean, yeah. it was packed that night, which it always was. And we, we pressed y'all that game. Do you remember Successfully. Us yeah. Successfully pressed us, yes. Yeah. And we had faced Honeaker's pressure. Yeah. We had faced, you know, played Lebanon. They were great that yeah. year. And, and it nothing ever really – the pressure didn't really bother us. <laughs> then the you guys press us at Sandlick, yeah. which was supposed to be the place we, you know. That small court. I, I wow. remember one more just looking. And y'all came out the zombie nation. You had, oh, yeah. you, you took your time getting coming out. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> this is going to be awful. 
And we come out. You were up 15 probably, right? You know. It was probably the hottest start of my career. Like, I mean, I hit five it. straight or something. Yeah, and it was like we were – Shane was getting steals on the press and like underhand pitching it to me, and I was yep. hitting threes. And, yeah, we got up huge, and we – you all came back big time. Yeah, we gassed out quick yeah. during that. And, and we won that game, but it was very close that, after the hot start that we had. But I always, I always remember that as our one pressing moment. Um, but you know, your, your senior year, as we're talking about, you all won a lot of games. You remember your record, like at the end I of the year? No that year? I mean, I know you had a winning record. And, I, I, maybe, maybe and, around 500 actually. No, because like I said, the district was just so, yeah. so competitive. And out of conference was. And you all also had battles with Honeaker uh, that year in the district tournament, right? Uh, we beat them both times in the regular season. Then they beat us. In the district tournament and the region tournament, yeah. And who 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 was on Hunter's teams that year? They had like Ethan Davis, Ethan and, Davis, Corey Brown, Ty Hall. Yeah, Ty Hall was the curly headed kid. Tyler, Tyler Brown, Brown. Yep, Tyler went and played Brown. at Hawaii. Hawaii yeah. Um, Waylon Hart was catching um, that year. The dude that always <laughs> guarded me, and I had a tremendous amount of respect for, was Clark Dye. Yes, man. Yes. As another guy, another great, he, he couldn't do any. He couldn't throw in the ocean if yep. he tried. But yep. he was boss the wall defense. defense. Yeah, yeah, he played good defense every all the time. Yeah, Waylon was coaching, which he's back at it now. Um, yeah, they were they were good. They and they played. beat you all in the district tournament. They beat us in the district tournament at council. At council, yes, we didn't make it. Was that the would that have been the semifinals? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we we were... actually played Twin Valley in the first round. We got another chance at them after that, uh, whatever game at Twin Valley, and we 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 put one on them pretty good finally. Yeah, you that was a really bad game, was it? Like you all won by. Yeah, I think we was up like seventeen to one, and Moore pulled the whole yeah pulled them, you know. Starters, yeah. uh, and then so we we got them back, but then you go to play Honecker the next night, you know, and they beat us. So. And that was the year Hurley that, won it. Yeah, Mark Cooper on his podcast. Whenever Hurley was coming in with yep. uh, Tyler and Austin, they ended up winning the district yep. tournament that year. We split. We tied for the regular season title with Hurley. Yeah, and they they won the tournament. And then you go on to regionals and uh, talk a little bit about regionals that year. Uh, we actually hosted a regional game at Sandley that year against Lee High. Knew nothing about them. You know, you didn't have film back then. It ain't like you had Huddle or – Yeah, you didn't have any of that stuff. So, it was like, you know, here we go. They come in, three guys over 6'4", athletic. Uh, had a kid that played at UVA wise, I think. Maggard, Tyler, Maggard, Tyler Maggard, yeah. yep. He was maybe a junior. So, they were pretty good. We beat them. We beat them at Sand Lake, though. Uh, it, was, it was a tough That's one. But. similar to us. Our junior, when we played Thomas Walker, I remember, I was like, I don't even know where Thomas Walker is. Yeah. Is even at? Yeah. I was like, I have no clue what any of these kids are like. Well, the funny story how we actually done this. That was when eight teams made the region. Yeah, we were the four seed, maybe the three seed, maybe three. It was either a three six or a four five. Yeah. Us and Lehigh. Okay, Gate City was the one seed. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, you know, <laughs> Vermilion. Those guys listening to his podcast was great, but they were the one seed. Nothing new for them. Honeaker went to Gate City and upset the one seed, Gate City. So we play Honecker in the region semifinals at Castlewood on, I guess we beat Lee on a Wednesday, something like that. Tuesday or Wednesday played Honecker at Castlewood on a Thursday, Friday in a four, eight game. You know, I think the other game was Lebanon and Powell Valley. That was when we were considered single a yeah. division two. You guys would have been single a division one. Yeah. 
Hurley, Hurley, and Appalachia, I think. We're in the single A. We're, yep. And then, and, and Twin Valley played yeah. Appalachia, I think, after that district. And then we played with Gate City, Lebanon, Powell Valley, Lehigh, JJ Kelly. Uh, That's crazy. Honeaker. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. And we were in the big school division, you know. Yeah. I was like, uh-uh. yeah. We were uh, maybe the smallest school in the big school yeah. division. But uh, and then then we lose to Honecker in Region Semis. They hit a they hit a buzzer beater in overtime to beat us. Really, a three point. I, I remember that. No, 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 no. They hit the buzzer beater in regulation to beat a, to to go oh. to overtime a three. Then they hit a buzzer beater in overtime to beat us. So they hit two buzzer beaters. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember. We that. we at Honecker that year. I hit one to send it into overtime, and we beat them in overtime. Then in this game, uh, we actually threw it away in regulation. We got the ball, got it to half court, took a timeout after they hit the three. So we're tied. We go to inbound the ball, threw it away. Ethan Davis, I think it was, steals it, misses a wide open layup to win the game with like one second left. So I know he, I know how he feels, you know. Uh, then we go to overtime, they hit it. Byron had fouled out in regulation. You know, it's yeah. tough. That, that has to be one of the toughest ways to ever go out. Uh, you know, you're – your most successful year, senior year, you build up to that. And yeah, we we'll get time, away from state. We'll get yeah, state. you win that game. Yeah, you go to state. We'd have played Lebanon. Lebanon won the region. And it's not like you lost to, you know, Lebanon or Powell Out. You lose to Honeaker. Yeah, you know, I was who, really looking forward to playing. We won. I was like, heck yeah, we could play Gate City finally. You know, which I don't know that you want to play Gate City because they're <laughs> just that good. But, uh, but then Honeaker, you know, Honeaker beat them, so we play Honeaker. Yeah, for the fourth time that year. Yeah, and that's who that's who ultimately took us out. Yeah, do you remember that? That locker room that year, I mean, or like any anything like tears and all that. Oh, yeah, all, man. I mean, that. Thank Coach Robinette, you know. Uh, it was a great year, you know, best year we had had. Yeah. Uh, and you were co player of the year in the BDD that year. Yeah. With, with Smith, I remember. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a good year. I mean, it wasn't nothing. You know, it just sometimes it don't go your way. Uh, takes a long time to understand why, but it just it is what it is, you know, and y'all can. You know, you're, you yeah. spent your whole lives working at basketball. Like you said, in your senior year, it was a rough year. It just yeah. – seven points, you know. Sometimes it just shakes out that way. Don't really know. How did your uh, your football end? We lost to Norton in the region semis. <laughs> Is that almost identical kind of – And Norton went on to lose in the state championship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and they beat us good. Though. It wasn't like they barely beat us. Yeah. I mean, they, they thumped us. Was that your most successful year of football your senior year? No, we lost in the region semis three times, three out of four years. So it was all very similar. And yeah, did you, we lost to Norton you, my junior year and senior year. Did, how many years did you win district in football? Three out of four. The year we didn't was the year we got the field goal blocked and lost by one point my sophomore year. Yeah, we won three out of four. I remember going to watch you play football several times. I remember y'all at the Honecker my yeah. senior year for sure, yeah. Yeah, that was something, you know – Shane and I and all of our friends from council, we didn't have football, of course. Right. And, you know, Haysa – I, well, I've always just my dad worked down in Hayside his whole life, and I just I've always gravitated to Hayside people, and it just seems I don't know why, but and we'd always go to the Hayside yeah. games. And we yeah. felt like we had more of a connection to you than anybody else, so obviously yeah. we're going to watch who we feel like we like the most. Yeah, hated you on the basketball court, but right. you know, like during football season, you cheered for yeah. you because you had no one else to cheer for in football. Um, yeah, so. I'll, you know, like I said, I always remember going to those Honecker and Hayside football games. I mean, they were just crazy, the environments there, too. 
So uh, after after your senior year, um, did you have any aspiration of playing college football or college basketball? Either one? Football or, would have been the more likely, yeah. Because you know, it, in basketball, I, most of my life was spent in near the paint. You know, at six foot two and not very fast, not very tall. I couldn't jump very well. Didn't you know? Uh, so basketball probably wouldn't have been, and probably couldn't have played football either. But I wanted to try. I wanted to see. You know. Would have played. Would have played either one that I thought you know was would have worked out. But so did you? I mean, did you have any looks like in football or? Like- I had a couple. You know, just local local opportunities to go play. Not not necessarily would have ever got playing time or or whatever. You know how that works out or shakes out. But uh, Emory was you know. But I ended up actually going to Wise to play football. Yeah. Yeah. So just talk a little bit about, you know, after high school then. But you like, planning on going well, to play quarterback was my first question. Oh, yeah, I couldn't have played anything else. No. Like I say, too slow, you know, no. not not big enough, too slow. But quarterback was the only thing that ever felt real comfortable. Uh, the only other thing I ever played was safety and, you know, college safeties. A little not, bit different. Yeah, exactly. Safety. They're fast. They're strong. They're athletic. Uh, but quarterback was something I thought I might be able to play. Uh, probably couldn't have. Don't know. Never will know, I guess. But uh, – if I thought if I had a chance to do anything in college, it would have been football, you know. Um, didn't uh, – well, a little backstory. Middle of basketball season, we – my now wife finds out, you know, she's she's pregnant, so we're having a we're having a son, yeah. which is now, you know, Brax, he's 11. <laughs> but uh, I guess it was maybe January or something yeah. like that of, uh, of my senior year. She was in college at the time playing volleyball at Pikeville. Um, so changes things a little bit. Yeah, it was like, oh man, you know, real (laughs) life happened. Uh, my spring of my senior year, I actually quit school half a day and went to work. You know, just went to my two required classes that morning. Uh, so Braxton wasn't born, he wasn't born until September after I graduated, three months after I graduated, roughly something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean it was uh, it was it was a change up. I was actually going to, I was actually planning on playing baseball in the spring for the first time ever since uh, probably eighth grade. Just to, just because you know you're a senior, just yeah. just play something. You know, uh, would have enjoyed just going with them guys or whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah, things change quick. So. so that you know, you talked about you went to Wise then that fall. I didn't go in the fall. I actually um, went to Southwest uh, and worked. Continued working. I went to Wise in the spring. I was going to play uh, lift, whatever, all, all year, play spring ball. They actually have a spring ball session. And that would have got me, you know, in there and got comfortable. And uh, that was the plan. I made it about two weeks and just realized, you know, it wasn't So you enrolled in classes possible. and everything too? Yeah, yeah. I went to Wise for about two weeks. Uh, just, you know, and you can't – Brax was already born at the time. Yeah. So it was – I mean, it wasn't – it wasn't logistically the yeah, thing I mean, to do, man. That, it was, you know, just uh, being real. I mean, it ha- just that would be just so tough to try to juggle yeah. being a new dad at what you were nineteen or something. Putting all that time yeah. into trying to yeah, it was and have yeah. a chance. Yeah, to have a chance, and then having to work too. Yeah, it was, to, it was, to support it, and you know that, that that definitely would have to be tough. And like, did you have, you know, just talking real on here? Like, what was your career? thought process during that time or was it just make it you know like, honestly you know before that thing. before that came about as a senior you think well i want to go play ball somewhere because that's what you've done your entire life that's all yeah. i've ever done i didn't 
you know, like my dad would be outside working on vehicles or whatever. I'd be shooting basketball. Yeah, I didn't help him do thing. any of that stuff or, or whatever else. Uh, had zero interest in that kind of thing. Really still, still ask him questions, you know, yeah, hey, how do I do this? He's like, okay. But uh, all I'd ever known was ball, you yeah. know. So I, I thought, well, I'll go go play something. Uh, not as a career. I didn't even really have a clue, like, what I would go to college for. Uh, ball was my whole pretty much, you know, most of my life up till that point. So that's something somehow related to that yeah. or just get a regular job and still play old timers in the evening or, or however that worked. I didn't even think about I had several, but but once I started thinking, I was like, well, maybe athletic training that'll keep you around the around sports. And I had a million different things that I thought I might want to do. None of them. Now looking at it, none of them I would want to probably do. So um, teaching wasn't in your immediate thought process. I subbed that year after I got out of school. <laughs> the first year. First year I got out of school, I started subbing. And I learned really quickly that teaching was not something I wanted to do. <laughs> I, I, my patience back then was not great anyway. But as a 19-year-old, uh, you know, I'd work a couple of days here or there, wherever I was working, days off, I'd go substitute teach. Um, and Coach Collie actually let me help coach a little bit that first fall, uh, first and second fall. But – and I like to coach them, but teaching was not something I <laughs> Were you wanted. Teaching at Haysaw High School, like subbing. You're uh, I, they, yeah. I think all I could do was like elementary school, okay. where I wasn't twenty-one or yeah. something like that. Because I was gonna say that'd be so weird to come back. Because I did it pretty soon afterwards, right. subbing, but it wasn't literally the, the year. <laughs> Kids, after. you were just going to school. Yeah. yeah. Kids, so yeah. it was. It was. They'd let me like sub the young young grades, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was different. I had no idea. I went to went to Southwest that fall and just kind of took basic classes, you know, as a freshman. And I, I think that – and then I went to Wise for like two weeks. When I dropped out there, um, I worked just a couple more months before I ended up at Mid-Mountain. I dropped completely out of college at that point. Yeah. So, Mid-Mountain. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely going to be a segment or a, a part we talk about here. Shane is uh, – you're owning Mid-Mountain. Yeah, I'm right? still pulling along. <laughs> so, Mid-Mountain, for the listeners out there, is the distribution center for Food City. Shane, do you want to go into any more depth of Mid-Mountain? No. That's, that's pretty basic. That's pretty basic. That's it. <laughs> but, but the thing that is crazy is so many of the guys – from Hayside oh, yeah. Council, Honeacre, that we graduated with, has worked at Mid Mountain at some point or another. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like so many people were out. Yeah. Right, we... I mean, it's a good, it's a job that you can jump in. You make decent money. Yeah. And you know, you're phys- it's physically laboring, so you know you're staying active. You're around. You know, it's kind. Of, I always people. call it my college because <laughs> I was around a lot of guys my age that maybe I didn't necessarily know, and I'm still working, just kind of hanging out all the time. Yeah. So you started, I think, maybe what, maybe two months before I started there. If I, maybe that. If I mean, that, I know yeah. that you did our full time orientation at the same time. Yeah. But overall, you worked for my brother, which yep. I think that's going to be a transition to something we're talking about with the old men's tournaments. But overall, <laughs> how was your experience there? It was uh, well. I live. I still lived in Hayside. Yeah. So I would drive it, you know, that's an hour and a half there, it's in, hour and a half back. Yeah, it's right outside of Abbey. Yeah, there, yep. you know? ten and a half hour shift, counting lunch. Um, so my days that I worked were 
That was it. You worked. And it was not easy work. You know that. Anybody that's ever worked there knows that. Uh, It was was rough for several years, but it was – it was a way to, you know, it paid well for a guy, no no education or um, no experience in the work field, as we talked about earlier, really. So I'd done carpentry before that, and, and it was good. Uh, so this is, you started, what, in 2011? May of 2011 was when I got hired on to the temp service. And how long, like, you were there until just? Nine like, years, yeah, until I started years. teaching. Yeah, I quit. Uh I quit a week before I started teaching. So, yeah. last not this past August, but the one before. Yeah, um, it was right before COVID started, and there it was many, during COVID. Yeah, I, it was I right, was working right there during the start of COVID. There was yeah. several nights where Fleming, you know, he was just like, "I'm ready to get out of here." And yeah. I was helping him peak till eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. <laughs> well, you know, COVID started in March. There was several times I'd go in at six a.m., yeah. get off at eleven at night. Uh, Rolled my rolled my car on April Fool's Day driving home. I fell asleep. I mean, just I remember crazy, crazy man. Just a lot of just long hours, long days. It was nuts. You know how the whole world was during that time. Yeah. But uh, it what, was, what was crazy though for me is, you know, I'm teaching and coaching out here in Washington County, and it was the the fall that I'd stepped down at Patrick Henry, and you know, I, I mean, Shane, we're coaching at Patrick Henry, and Shane, I'm pretty sure it was your fault. You were like, why don't you come work at Mid Mountain? <laughs> I get some extra money. Yeah, I get some extra money. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, all my friends has worked there picking in the freezer. And so I decided to, I was like, I'm going to do it one day a week. So I go and I apply. And of course, I get the job because they need workers, right? They need people to pick. And I'm working there one day a week of the evenings uh, in the freezer. And that's where you were, Flim. Mm-hmm. And it, negative uh, 30 degrees in the ice cream, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Negative 18, negative 20. Yeah, yeah, and you were my trainer right. at Mountain, which is part of the reason why I was like, well, you know, Fleming works there. I was like, it'll be fun. It won't be too bad. And how many days did I make it? Maybe three or four. See, yeah, six. <laughs> yeah. Three I or four days. One day, I remember one of the first days you had to call me because Haley had left her person. I remember that. Yeah. So I had to go there and then the next day <laughs> pinned against the wall about dying. Yeah, yeah. but before before I talk about you saving my life, Lynn, <laughs> the the part that was getting me is like if you were doing that for a living like you were, you you have to make a living. You know, oh, yeah. but whenever I was in the freezer and it was negative thirty and I was doing it just for some extra bucks <laughs> after my sucks. first job, I was like, dude, this is not for me. Yeah. And it was uh you know, you were training me, and I'm not I'm not throwing you under the bus on training, but I think you may have turned me loose too soon. Probably, <laughs> yeah. I probably, yeah, yeah I it's probably, probably did. supposed to be a few more days of training on this. Uh, uh, what's it called? The on the jack? jack. Yeah, the pallet jack. And Fleming's like, you got it. And I was like, I don't think I do. And you're like, oh yeah, you're like, you got it. Yeah, so I, I I had it, and uh, long story short, I got hurt pretty bad. I got I pinned myself up against <laughs> uh, a shelf. And if you wouldn't have been there, man, I don't know what would have happened. I get in me, I almost passed out, and you saved my life and pulled the pallet jack. You and someone else yep. pulled it off of me. And I, I thought I had cracked ribs or it was just bruised ribs. But yeah, I quit after that night. I was like, this ain't worth it. And at that point, like we were the two oldest people picking. Oh that, yeah, that point, like we were twenty eight, I guess, yeah. at that time. It's not old man's job. You were you were getting your education at that time and wanting to go into teaching, 
And I, and I remember on lunch, I guess there's three or four days of us working together. We'd talk about, you know, you getting into teaching and stuff. So it was two years ago that you ended up getting in uh, or getting your degree uh, in teaching and talk a little bit about that. Um, about the process of how you got the job. At one point I went back, I knew I was going to have to do something. Cause once we decided, once my wife got a teaching job at Sand Lake, we pretty well knew we were probably staying in Dickinson County, wouldn't moving out here. We'd planned on moving out here somewhere, uh, toward, near Avenue, near, near here, uh, near the job. She could teach out here, we thought, or yeah, Lebanon somewhere. Uh, she got called, she got a job at Sand Lake. We pretty well knew we were staying there, and I knew I was not going to drive that far <laughs> forever. Yeah, yeah just, I just that makes it worse than anything. Yeah, I just couldn't do it, man. Three hours a day driving, just uh, gas. I'd hate to say the gas and the mileage and wear and tear <laughs> I put on vehicle, which it ultimately ended it, you know, wrecked it. But uh, I went back in the middle of my mid mountain stint, maybe year three, four, something like that, and. And finished up a lot of the general courses, you know, in college through Southwest while I was still working out there. Uh, so I had about two years done, two, two and a half. Went into one other thing, one or two other things. and um, Then I worked maybe three more years. And finally I decided, you know, I'll go back, go back to school, get my teaching. Even though, you know, before when I told you earlier, I, uh, teaching was not something that was high on my list. Yeah. Um, but council dickinson county there ain't many options you know if you're gonna live there you got a few which i you know i i I thought well i like i like i was already coaching at this point my wife had got the um when i decided to actually go back to college my wife had got the jv girls basketball job at at hayside the last year it was open i helped her loved it like being around kids thought well you know now i'm older maybe a little more mature maybe a little more yeah maybe a little more patient yeah and i was like teaching will be okay um, and that that's one of my only options it's a, you know the summers and the time off brax was older i'd have all his schedule so um holly holly schedule which is my wife um i thought well it's a win-win you know coaching teaching uh so that's what i that's what i went back into and during that time you know something that i, I don't want to leave the podcast without talking about is our um old men's tournaments yeah that we always used to yeah. play like during that time while you're going back to college and stuff um yeah as shane alluded to earlier stacy presley yep. um is shane's brother and he's a a big big name in the pickup yeah. <laughs> pickup game mm-hmm. in southwest virginia uh he created showtime and everything and we used to play some epic old men's tournaments together it's like and master recruiter when Fleming came through the door at all yeah we uh i remember when i first started playing old, old men's tournaments you know neil y'all whoever in high school you know i shot it a lot i shot the ball a lot didn't play a ton of defense. I always wanted to, you know, I always wanted to block people or whatever, but it ain't like I was guarding the best player, yeah. <laughs> exerting a ton of energy defensively. So I get out there playing with all these guys, you know, everybody can score. I'm like, so where do I fit in? So I just started guarding. I was like, just put me on their best player. And, you know, I've never played defense before, so I just started. I'd completely switch, shoot it three times a game after those first, yeah. you know, just whatever. It was, it was fun just doing that. And we, uh, like, we, we played together on the same team a lot in all yeah, these tournaments, yeah. and we got close. But we also – there was a stint there whenever uh, 
me and Neil and P Wade and DJ, we was the council group. Yeah, we was playing. You all had a Hayside group. Yeah, that, I mean, it was probably at least a two-year span. Yeah, or it, probably in thirteen to fifteen, somewhere in that, that range. Yeah. Where we was playing, and we got into some heated battles. Oh man, some good games, and <laughs> and I guess we've probably done that because we played those local tournaments around there, and that got more teams. Yeah, if we all split up and made our own yeah. teams, yeah. and what? Because it ain't like we ever had a falling out or anything. Yeah. But as you said, when you when you're playing, just like in high school, when you're playing, it's you know somebody's winning, somebody's losing. I think that's how Pee Wade put it on his on his podcast. Yeah. So there's a winner and there's a loser. So yeah. that's how we all thought. Yeah, you and it was, uh, it was you good. and Chad Barton and Jelaine and yeah. uh, whenever Byron. you all would Byron battle against uh, our our personalities of DJ and Pee Wade. Yep. <laughs> man, it got it got crazy sometimes. Uh, we we beat y'all most of the time. Oh, I think yeah. you only beat us once or twice. Um, but I remember we beat y'all so much that Chad Barton said, if I can't beat him, I'm going to join him. <laughs> That's his famous quote. And he came to all night long, our, our old men's team. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so one thing I also want to ask you, uh, you was talking about it in your transition there with Holly last year, Hayside. what was it like for you? And what was your kind of thought process on consolidation? Like, what was it like losing Hayside High School? And talk about the feelings of that. Um, I guess it was kind of weird, you know, it was going to be different. Luckily for, well, to back up a little bit, we, we coached there that last year at, at Hayside, which was great. Ron Compton was actually the varsity coach. So we got to coach under him, listen, yeah. listen to his philosophies and thoughts. And, and, you know, like we said earlier, the experience crazy, for, yeah. you know, from his side of things. Um, we ended up playing Honecker that year five times in JV girls. They beat us the first four. We beat them in the conference championship the fifth time. Yeah. So we're finally I'm on the other end of all that bad stuff, you know. And and we thought we had done pretty good, whatever. Well, we combined. Irvington had already shut down. So we're combining with Clintwood to make Ridgeview. Clintwood's varsity won the state that year, girls. Uh, and me and Holly was going to be on the staff. At that was Ridgeview. the last Clintwood yes. game ever, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, when they, yeah won the- they won the state. And me and Holly's going to be on the staff. We we was actually uh, coaching the middle school at Ridgeview that first year. And Clintwood's staff was coaching the varsity and the JV. So, and then, uh, and Jay Edwards was an assistant at, at Sand Lake, or at Hayside, and he was assistant at Ridgeview when it opened. So, we had a, you know, mix. But I can honestly say our, our, uh, our transition was smooth. You know, everybody, it was those guys, those guys that, that I'm still coaching with now. And me and Holly, we just went up there with you know one attitude. It was like, hey, we're here to we're here to win, coach, and yeah. do whatever, and and it made it really really smooth. It did. Now I didn't teach up there that year. I was still at Mid Mountain, uh, so the teaching aspect I can't really comment on how it how it was uh, how it yeah. went. If it was smooth, if it was rough, it seems like it went but, smooth from every all the sports, even football. That was the one I think everybody was kind of football is the most pressured in Dickinson yeah. County. You know, it's football's always been the thing, still is. Football is the sport. And it's even for me, you know, I love nothing more than going to watch a good good high school football game. And Ridgeview had a great year. They, you know, played in the Region D championship. So that's uh but it's that's but everything, you know, it was great. It was it was smooth. We had a that first year at Ridgeview, Ridgeview won state title in girls. Um uh, so it was, you know, it went great, and and since then it's been girls basketball up there is. Yeah, I talked a little bit. Chance. That's a good place to ask that. What you know at Ridgeview, as a as a coaching staff, what is in the water, so to speak, of like 
the Mountain Seven I had Coach Atkins on you yeah. know, earlier. The girls' basketball in Mountain Seven is just unreal. It's brutal. It's, it's brutal, the uh, like what yeah. what has the coaching staff done at Ridgeview to just keep it flowing? Like the the greatness of girls' basketball up there. Uh, they they had a really good guy come in, Donnie Frazier at Clintwood. Yeah, and and he carried that on, and and uh, he had an assistant, Gary Fleming, who just retired this past year. That's actually whose spot I took back on the girls' staff. Them guys and, and Mike Gully, he's still coaching the JV up there right now. So them guys set the standard at Clintwood. They carried that on to. Um, so Mike Gully was he? He was at Clintwood before the. He was coaching JV at okay. Clintwood. Yep, and he, uh, his daughter, both his daughters was on the team. Yeah, the first year team what at Ridgeview. Ivy so and Nyla. Cool. Ivy yeah. was two years older than Nyla, I want to say. Two years. And Ivy was on that last Clintwood team, first Ridgeview team, which actually Nyla was too as a freshman and then as a sophomore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they were uh, – so he was coaching there at that time too. And um, it was uh, – they, they just put it in. Yeah. Has, was he – where's he originally from? He's from Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Yep. He's from down in – uh, Somerset, Kentucky, that area. And did he, like, he played transfer or not transfer, but like, how did he get to Clinton with Indy? You know he, that yeah, right? actually, I do. He played college basketball at Berea. And if you look up those Berea years, Berea made the national tournament in the NAIA while he was there. Uh, they were really good. His wife played basketball at Berea. They met there. She's from down near Jenkins. I want to say they were, that's where they. That's where they, yeah, that's where they moved back to. So he started coaching down there. They now live in Wise, but he got the job at Clintwood in 07, 08, somewhere yep. in that. And so that's how he ended up over here. So that's just one thing, too, Coach Frazier's done is just, you know, one thing you see with all these successful programs is consistency and longevity. Yes. You know, he, yes. so he's been – since or that's 15 years now, 14 years yeah. at Clintwood, and then if you count Ridgeview, he's been the only head coach at Ridgeview, and just that yes. consistency. I mean, you know, when you know you're playing Ridgeview girls basketball, that they're going to be solid. <laughs> it's a, yeah, so I mean, knock on wood, so far it's been, uh, you know, we're one of the most successful with them guys' credit, one of the most successful girls basketball programs in the state in the since Ridgeview's open. Yeah, uh, we've let you know missed a couple opportunities on winning one. Uh, there's a powerhouse over the hill in Wise, yeah. so you know uh, they they, so they won a couple every every year. Yeah. Wise Gate City. I mean, it's just you know it's Mount did, Seven. Did when you got four, win a state title? First year, yeah, first, first year, year over. Yeah. We've been in state every year but one, I think. Yeah, maybe so no. Is- actually, last year girls didn't make it to state because it was a COVID year. They yeah. only took one team. We lost in the. Um, Region D championship game, so it would have been another year in state. Yeah, but they only took Gate City uh, uh, that year. Yeah, yeah and uh, so last year you took a one year break from coaching girls. Yeah, and you coached JV boys. I remember, you know, we text all the time, and you text me and said you were head JV boys, and yeah. I was uh, surprised, but also like I was, you know, excited for you. Um, talk about that year. Like, what was it like? Because that's been your first. Was that your only year that you was actually the the head coach of, of the team on what in high school level at high school level yeah we had done uh, we had done middle school i was a middle school coach yeah uh, but as far as jv yeah that was my first year 
Yeah. So what was your, what was that year like, you know, coach or going to the boys side? Cause it was your first year um, I guess, coaching boys. A lot of people say it's really different for me. It, it wasn't tremendously different. You still gotta, you know, do the basic fundamentals, still got to dribble, still got to pass, still got to box out, still got to play defense, still got to be able to break the press, still got, you yeah. know, all the basics. Uh, athleticism is obviously different, boys and girls. Um, but it was great. You know, you could do some different things here and there, had to do some different things because it, uh, you know, a lot of these boys, as we talked earlier, in Little League and whatever else, everybody plays zone. So these guys, as far as playing man and girls, we are man to man. You play man when it gets tough, you dig in, you play tough man-to-man defense. And, boys, it was like – and I, I beat my head against the wall a few times and lost a couple of close games in JV, boys, because I finally figured out when it got tough, we went zone. <laughs> and people struggled against that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's just another growing growing pain on my part. But it was it was fun. It was different. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was, it was good. And then you decided, though, this year to go back to the girls' staff because, um, like, what was the transition of that? Like, why did I you really, I really struggled with that decision. I really struggled with leaving the girls in the first place to go to the boys. Really struggled. And there was nothing, uh, no bad blood anywhere, nothing like that. It was just, you know, just something. It was a change-up when I went to boys, something I wanted to do. Uh, then this year that – varsity girls assistant job opened up and it was a ton of the you know it's coaches i'd already coached with forever and uh john sutherland he was another guy that played at hayside years ago his daughter plays there he actually is coaching the middle school last year um so he's on he was on the staff now so it's all people you know so i just i I knew i had to take some classes for my teaching and thought that would be you know a better all the pressure of being the head coach of making those choices and yeah i thought that would be the better better place for me uh, to do that. Yeah. But so, you had coached a lot of these girls that's on the varsity now. Uh, every middle school. Every one of them. Yeah, every one of them was, went through there. They all played middle school. They played JV. All, uh, me and Holly always helped Mike on the JV. And then after that first year, we was assistant varsity coaches too. So, you know, we'd, we'd been around them and there uh, forever. So, yeah. it was it was easy easy transition too. Uh, and, I, and I really didn't know if I wanted to coach my son when he got there because I know how tough that can be, you and know. He's in sixth grade, right? Yeah, so, wow. yeah. That's and I crazy. was like, man, I don't know. I don't. It's tough. It's hard to do. Anybody yeah. you talk to, it's tough. So, ultimately, I made the decision. Yeah, because it would only be in a couple years. Yeah, yeah. He would be in JV. And the guy who uh, helped me was Gabe Counts, who played at, Ridge, at, at yeah. Ridgeview there. And he was great as an assistant. And he's wanting to coach and teach. And so and now he's the JV boys coach, and he does, he done a great job uh, as an assistant. He's doing doing a great job as, a, as the head guy of the JV. So, uh, and all, all those guys were good to coach with too. So, it was you know it, it just seemed like it was going to work out all right. Yeah, I feel like Coach Frazier's definitely lucky to have. You're just one of those guys. You know, we mentioned met several names on the podcast over the, over the uh, episodes of just guys you want to go to war with, and you know, uh, I just want to express my gratitude of playing with you, you know, for all those years or playing against you, you're just one of those guys that you want on your team, you want on your staff. Like, uh, I wish you would come out this way someday to be, to help me uh, with youth sports or, or whatever I'm into. You're just one of those guys. Um, but this year, you know, at Ridgeview, you're playing in some, you, like you played in the Arby or the Ar- girls' Arby's. Yeah, uh, girls' Arby's last week. Last week. And then you're leaving tomorrow or something for another Tuesday day. morning to go to Gatlinburg to play in a tournament. Yep. 
Yeah, that's yeah. a that's something too. I think a lot of the Mountain Seven teams they schedule tough, tough, yeah. uh, you know, non-district type of type of games to get ready um, for the grueling Mountain Seven district too. Um, but yeah, Flem, you know, I just want to express my gratitude, you know, towards you. You know, you're one of those guys that, as I said, you want to go to war with, but you're also one of those guys that. You know, if you've been around Southwest Virginia, Shane, basketball, you know who Chris Fleming is and just know the name. And, um, you know, you're a great basketball player, great football player. You've been a great friend to us ever since we were young. And, you know, we'll continue hopefully to have a close relationship, you know, throughout the years. So, um, Shane. No, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, You're one of the most humble people that I think we've ever met. And we knew you were going to be like that. You love, you won't say an ill word about anybody. So we were happy to have you on here. Talk about, I guess, a lot of stuff that we remember as well as you, because you grew up pretty much the exact same, you know, line as we did. Yep. Same, same teams and watch the same yeah. games. And and one thing, too, I respect so much about you is your, and us growing up, like whenever we talk, your history of Southwest Virginia sports. It, you know, like me and Shane are all like that. We know this game, this game, this game. And like I was talking to you a while back and you were talking about a council football game against Hayside. Yeah. You, you'd watch that film. A bunch. Like, like you just have <laughs> such a respect for the game, you know. And like Shane said, the humble is definitely a word, you know, that you, you use for you. And you're just respectful of those that came before you and, and all that. And you reach out after the podcast and, you know, brag, brag on them. And, you know, it just means a lot. So. But, uh, you know, go ahead. Do you have any finishing, finishing things to say? Uh, just this this has been great, you know, when I'm driving or doing whatever. This is a, something I can turn on. And, and a lot of these stories that these coaches have told, I, I remembered and, 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 and learned more about them too, you know, with, especially with uh, Cooper. And, and with coaching, somehow I've found myself linked to about everybody that's on this podcast. And yeah. You know, obviously we were, and we've always talked about this kind of stuff, and you guys bringing it out with this podcast is just, just unreal, and uh, it's uh, it's it's been fun. I appreciate you having me on. This is something that, you know, I enjoy listening to. I can't wait to listen to from here on. Yeah, uh, it's it's been good, and I appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the all the people and coaches and and everybody that's been a part of yeah. this and my my sports history. And and you being a friend of me, I, I have this question I, I wanted to ask. Uh, you know, have you had anybody like, you know, I talk about on the podcast about how people reach out to me and Shane about the podcast, but from an outside standpoint for you, do you hear anybody like just talking about stories that's brought up on, on the podcast yeah. or, you know, like how is that cool for you? I get that's cool for me whenever I hear people saying so-and-so was talking to so-and-so about a story that Mark Cooper told or, yeah. you know, that that's my, I guess, overall wish or whatever for the podcast is people it, to remember just to, yeah, to remember these stories and like talk that. about these stories like if you're at a ridgeview game you know i'm hoping that someone's standing on the baseline talking about how funny mark cooper was or how yeah. you know neil story or coach vermilion or misty miller or whatever yeah you know uh, i think that's that's a, a I, goal of mine i had two of those this week really uh well evan mccann coaches the boys at ridgeview yeah. me and him he we've talked about every Great episode <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah and i enjoyed coaching with him last year too and uh me and him talk about these episodes and how you know how it relates to however we know them or whatever story and then uh y'all like this one fuzz 
we played uh, at Honeaker. Misty coaches the girls. We played them. So Fuzz, see him as we come in, and he's talking about all the Mark Cooper stories. Yeah. Me and him stand out there and talk about the podcast before the game gets started. Yeah. And, you know, just yeah. And I'm sure there's been several more. That's just two examples this past this past week of how that how you're talking it, it relates to everybody. Yeah, that's my that's my real goal and hope is that at the end of the day everybody's just circling around just talking uh, about these stories and keeping them alive. So I like uh, getting to hear the other the other side. You yeah. get to hear the Gate City. You get to hear yeah. Neil, you know, being around Neil and them forever. Uh just whoever, Honeaker, Misty and and uh, Atkins, you know, just yeah. so much knowledge, so much experience. You get to hear everybody else's side. I see it from the Ridgeview side or the yeah. Hayside side. Now you get to hear it from from everybody else's side. That's the best part, I I think. Yeah, but Flynn, we appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you being a great friend to us over the years and so many battles that we talked about. And um, everybody, that was Chris Fleming, coach at Ridgeview High School right now. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. Episode ten will be coming out uh, in a couple weeks. Everybody, have a good night.